Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always is Ethan Carter. What's going on, man? <sighs> it's, well, it's, uh, as usual, it's Monday. It's Monday. Right. <laughs> it's Monday. It's funny how we here. say that every week. We do, like as if, <laughs> as, if, as if we wait seven days and it's the same day. <laughs> it's, it's funny how that works. It is, it is. So, um... I, let's get this right out of the way. Let's get this right out of the way. Um, I'm sure you saw your, I don't know if you saw your email, your official Because We Make email, um, but we did get an email from the guy who I talked about the review of last week. Oh, did um, we? We did. Okay. And I didn't see it. I, he is a fan, and I, I just want to clarify, I was totally being facetious when I was pretending to be offended. I was absolutely being facetious. I didn't take it negatively. I was just curious. I was genuinely curious. I now understand, and I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the show um, as you listen to more episodes of it. So we're good. Everything's fine. I I promise you I was not mad. I was genuinely curious, and now I understand, and you aren't completely wrong. So... Well, I think that's always something to keep in mind, too, is is how things can be interpreted. Um, yeah. Both and from, I mean, I've learned that with comments and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, again, it's, it's someone, you write it one way and it gets interpreted one way and both, both ways might be wrong, right? So. Right. We have to talk about, we do have to talk about one thing, though, as we get started here. Yeah. We have to talk about one thing. You did something very special for a friend of mine. You made yeah. the first baseball stitched oh. exacto knife, <laughs> and holy crap, does it look good? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, wow. You know, it's uh, and, and it, it it's not as easy actually to do. I mean, the the baseball stitch is easy, but it's, it doesn't um, hold it tight mm-hmm. as well as you go. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's not quite as. But yeah, but it was uh, you know, they asked, and I, I was like, of course, it looks so good. Yeah, it looks cool. so freaking good. I love she it. showed it to me when she she sent me the picture that she posted on Instagram before she posted, and she's like, look at this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh it, yeah. it is funny though when I you know people are a hundred percent divided between the baseball and corset, like actually 100 percent 50 50 i mean it's amazing uh it goes both ways it's crazy. i'm not i'm not gonna lie i still like the corset stitch better but the baseball stitch looks really yeah i, I think i well i think it for it for different things i like the baseball stitch i think it lends itself to some things but yeah i mean to me the exacto knife will always have the corset stitch be the kind of og right yeah and one more one more thing before i forget um our good friend morley has a new podcast yes oh, yeah. um cool. the, called into the spotlight and just episode zero just dropped this weekend. It's really, really, really good. Um, I'm curious to see how it goes along. I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Um, I also got to listen to Make Ideas Reality, um, Justin White, the Garage Avenger. Um, I got to listen to a whole bunch of new podcasts this weekend, and I'm enjoying all of them. So check those out. Um, I, if I remember, I'll put the links in the show notes, but until then, probably I probably will forget by the time we're done recording this. Um, we have a guest. We do. We have a guest. Now, one of the things I love about YouTube, and one of my favorite parts of YouTube, is rabbit holes. And mm-hmm. one, one of the things that YouTube does better than literally anything, any other service that I use or any other, um, any other social media is it finds things that you didn't know you were interested in until you start watching them. And I was, I was watching YouTube one night, and I was watching the usual maker channels, and it suggested a guy to me named Bare Metal HW. And I think I actually recommend, made him my thing of the week one week because of his um, restorations of Hot Wheels oh, yeah. cars. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I've recommended him. I've recommended Marty from Marty's Matchbox Makeovers. So I've recommended people that do this before. 
And it's just one of these amazing things that I love watching these videos. I mean, deeply can sit there for hours and hours and hours. In fact, I watch so many of these videos that when I put them on, Beth recognizes the voices of the people <laughs> that do them. She knows everyone that I watch because she's like, she'll go, oh, that's Danny. Oh, that's Rob. Oh, that's our guest. <laughs> and it's just such a fascinating hobby. So, you know, maybe taking a break from people who sit in their shop and uh, knock wood together or stitch leather together or <laughs> do all the stuff that we're used to doing, I figured maybe we could get somebody that does something a little different on. And I approached our next guest, and he was all about being on, and we we're very excited to have him. Lee, also known as Time Rider. Hi, Lee. Yes, how you doing? Um, we, it's weird because this is the kind of thing that, um, I don't know how to explain what's so exciting about it to other people, like if they're outside of it, but watching you work and watching you take these cars that are, you don't really do the beat to hell cars and bring them back to life. You do more of the, let's make this a better car kind of thing. I've noticed. Actually, if you look, it's about 50, 50. Okay. I do, I do about 50% restorations mm-hmm. where my objective is to make the car look the way it was when it was cranked out by Mattel or Lesney or whoever made it, right? And mm-hmm. then I do about 50% of what you're talking about where I say, well, let's take this car and do something different with it. And I think one of the things you'll notice is those cars are not typically vintage. Right. Mm-hmm. Those right. are the those are the horrible new like the mostly the new ones. Yeah, or they, something just... like uh, you know for the fifties build we're doing this weekend. I did like a fifty five Chevy. Well, you know how many fifty five Chevys Hot Wheels made? <laughs> right. Probably more than one. <laughs> yeah, they they did something on the order of uh, twenty thousand wow. different variations of uh, eleven hundred castings. Oh my That's god! Crazy. Right? I had no idea. That's a huge number. It is. I, and, I, and and if you go and you look and you see a lot of it is like, okay, if I, like the 57 Chevy that I'm doing for this weekend, I'm doing four cars for this weekend. So, that, and that's nuts. Everybody's telling me that I'm <laughs> That, that but, is kind of nuts. <laughs> but, uh, well, I was the one who put forth the idea and I knew that the Minnesota Street Rod Association was going to get their back to the 50s days canceled because of coronavirus. And sure enough, that's what happened. Because um, they're at the state fairgrounds, right? Okay. So social distancing is not... Uh, possible i don't think so anyway yeah that i proposed the back to the 50s about a month ago because i figured it would get canceled so since it was my big mouth that got us into it (laughs) i figured i better make sure that there is a good turnout and there's going to be a wonderful turnout right now we got uh over 30 builders i had i had so many I, not it's weird because I f- you end up finding out I ended up finding out as I got older that the real what people considered the real collectibles were Hot Wheels. Obviously, it doesn't feel like Matchbox got the love that Hot Wheels ever did. Um, most of my cars were Matchbox cars, which is why I get really excited when somebody does a Matchbox car. <laughs> and it's so funny watching cars that I had as a kid in the condition that I last saw them well, <laughs> yeah, come yeah. onto your bench. Totally. Well, I mean, that, and that's the thing. And is, the, the as thing I was, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I was just going to say, same thing for me. As I was scrolling through it, I mean, and and again, I wouldn't consider myself a a kid that collected Hot Wheels. I mean, I had a bunch, but it it wasn't like a passion. But I had so many of those are just, 
and I think that's probably why your channel resonates with people. It, I was like, I have that. I had that exact car, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and and like, I mean, probably ten to fifteen are just like ingrained in my psyche. You know, they're just something mm-hmm. I played with all the time, and and I'm sure that's part of what you know. That nostalgia is just amazing. You know, I, you know, and it's really hard to say because there are Matchbox cars out there that are worth a great deal of money. Oh, really? And uh, oh, sure, sure. Um, there's some pre-release stuff. Uh, I mean, you got to kind of go a ways back in my videos, but I did actually a couple of them. Do you remember the Mercedes convertible? It was one of the ones I watched. Yeah, that was one of your first videos. Yeah, kind of a cream-colored thing. Well, there Uh was a. It's cream-colored. If you bought one, it's cream-colored. But Matchbox did a pre-release that was uh, apple green. And those hmm. things, they're worth like five grand if you can find one. So, oh, wow. uh, novice question is what, like, what, so why, what makes Hot Wheels more collectible than Matchbox? Is it? Um, I think it's the, probably the age group that's okay. collecting it, right? That's a part of it. Uh, the, the, and you got to admit, you know, Hot Wheels damn near drove Matchbox out of the business. Right. I feel like they almost did. I yeah. mean, at least even, even when I was growing up, like I had mostly Matchbox cars, but when you go to the store, it was all Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels, Hot right. Wheels. Right. And then in 1970, Matchbox released the Super Fast. That was their attempt to compete with the Hot Wheels car. And while it was a better attempt at it, shall we say, um, they still, I don't think they were very attractive. You still, if you follow builders when they're doing super fast cars, they almost always swap out the wheels because the super fast oh, yeah. wheels look like hell. Well, and they didn't have that. So Hot Wheels kind of made the cars to work in the track and the cars had a certain wheel pitch and they moved, they had like less friction on the track, right? They were cammed a certain way so that they only made a little bit of contact. And that's why all the kids used to bend the wheels to make it even more exaggerated. Yeah, there, there's, <laughs> if you look at a Hot Wheel wheel, there's a ridge around the mm-hmm. inner part of it. And that's, the, that's why they were so fast on their tracks, because there was only a tiny bit of surface area the, actually and, making and, contact. And their axle. The axle was a huge part of it, mm-hmm. you know, because it was the thick. It's, in fact, if you watch guys do Hot Wheels, they never take the axles out of the car. Never. Yeah, they try to avoid that at all costs. If the axle's hmm. in good shape, they try well, to pull the bearings off and <laughs> replace the caps if they can. The first, the first restoration I did... I took the axle out and found out the hard way why. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that was like weird with, you know, the older Matchbox cars was that they weren't really designed. They were designed to kind of look like toy cars. And they had those weird, horrible steel wheels and the weird, super thick axles. And they they looked all right for toy cars, but they didn't roll particularly well, too. And I guess that's another. They they weren't designed to. You have to. I mean. When I grew up, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 61, all right? Mm-hmm. So almost every one of these Matchbox cars you see me restore, I owned. Not all, but almost. Wow. So, wow. <clears throat> you know, one thing I can tell you about, we had a place behind our house that all the neighborhood kids called The Dirt, <laughs> right? You called your buddy and said, hey, meet me out in The Dirt. He knew where you were talking about, right? And you'd bring your Matchbox cars out there and you'd build small cities in the dirt, right? Well, you couldn't do that with Hot Wheels cars, man. You take them out in the dirt and they're done. Yeah, they stop yeah. rolling. They're not after, Hot Wheels right? they, would, they wouldn't roll anymore, right? Yeah. The, yeah they get full so of my, dirt and grit. And, mm-hmm. My cousin. So you have so to I, understand that I think Matchbox were designed to be for a different type of play. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
right? My cousin it was not used designed to, to be a race car, and the Hot Wheel—that's what it was. He used to spread flour out on the kitchen table and play with his cars in the on the kitchen table and flour, pretending it was dirt because you know there wasn't a whole lot of dirt where we lived, and it was like. You know, his cars, you know, I got a couple of his hand-me-downs um, as he got older and stopped playing with them. And they all, the inside of them was just coated with flour. Every single car was coated with white flour. I, I, I remember my first Hot Wheels car. It was the blue uh, Firebird convertible, right? One of the sweet mm-hmm. 16s. You've probably seen mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you bought it, and everybody got that orange track with the... The little purple <laughs> yeah. purple clamp that you clamp onto the side of some table, yep. and you put the track on there, and you and if you have two brothers and you put all of your tracks together, you can make a race course that goes all the way across the living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. I mean, they really did design a brilliant system that if you had friends with track, you were right. great. And the only thing that would suck would be if the track got a kink in it, and that would really just ruin your day. You would just be right. your car would just go flying off the track. But I, you know, it was a different. It was more of a rainy day play, right? Mm-hmm. Because Hot Wheels were not meant to be played with in, you know, unforgiving environments and Matchbox and Tootsie Toys. Things of that nature were, and if you look at Matchbox too, their their castings were much more detailed than the Hot Wheels. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's 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 really interesting. Like as um, I've been watching Paul do his um, the Sweet Sixteen series that he did the giveaway of, and it was the first time I really had a good look at the Sweet Sixteen cars, and it is amazing how just weird and out there, but yet simple the designs were. Like there's no like panel lines. There's they're all most of them are feel like at least they feel like that they were fantasy cars in one way or another and they were these weird very flat very simple castings and i mean well, I'm, and maybe i'm misreading it but they didn't it, seem like no no you're on, every one of the sweet 16 was modeled after an actual vehicle right some, some of them were some of them were concept cars right yeah some of them yeah. were one off concept cars right but they were like still, the like yeah. the diora or whatever it is that mm-hmm. there was a, there was a dodge Diora that was actually made, but it was a they didn't make very many of them. Mm-hmm. So you know, but yeah, they're they're f- relatively free of detail. Yeah, it's weird. Huh. It is really yeah. weird. They're very they're very um, geometrically simple. I'll call them. That's probably the the right word for it. They're just there's um, the Diora is a great example because it's just such a weird looking thing. And then somebody actually showed me a picture once and it's like, yeah, this was a real car. I'm like, what? That really existed? Are you crazy? It's <laughs> crazy. So, yeah. you know, and I just actually started doing uh, vintage Hot Wheels mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of this year. So, you know, like I think I did, uh, on, there was a red line day about a month ago. And I did a... Uh, a Mustang, a Sweet mm. 16 Mustang. And other than the color, because I kind of tampered with, I didn't use an original color. Mm-hmm. I tampered with it. Um, but otherwise, everything was straight up restoration. I didn't add or modify anything. I did you, two Indie Eagles that straight up restorations. Didn't add do or you modify have, anything. Do you have a preference of what you prefer? Do you prefer to... Um, do you prefer to bring them back to stock or do you prefer to kind of give them your own spin because you feel like, yeah, this could have been done a little better? Well, I can tell you that restorations are harder mm-hmm. because they're, they're less forgiving. 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing, if you're customizing something and you screw up, sometimes you can, customization. Yeah, you can you can cover for it. You know what right, I mean? Right, Whereas right. if you're trying to do like a, a a month ago or so, I did a a Trojan van. Right. It's a T van, forty seven A, and it has a big flat roof. Well, getting that paint to to not have any imperfections in it, that's yeah. tough. And if you've ever seen how Lesney painted their cars, right? They didn't. They they had them on this thing that spins, and then they pushed them through a curtain of paint. Oh, really? Huh. It's kind of like the enrobing machine at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know, but I, you know, I if there's <laughs> yeah, there's right. videos out there that show you the the how their castings, why they were so detailed, and uh, how they did it to make them so detailed. It was it was a lost art because we don't do things that way any longer. I've noticed that I noticed that a lot of the resto guys um well it's like bare metal I noticed when he does his restos he's very big on like hitting all the panel lines with a pick to make sure they pop after he puts a coat of primer and a couple of coats of paint on it. And I noticed you're very very I mean my wife like I said, my wife is really into your stuff, and she's not even into Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars or anything, but she always notices how clean your paint jobs are. And it's it's funny to watch. Everybody's got, like, a different technique for getting the paint sure. off. Like, you use citrus strip, and then a lot of people use um, – a lot of people just use caustic soda. I, yeah, um, I just got a funny thing about keeping stuff around my house that even has the word caustic in it. <laughs> Right. Makes, I mean, they yeah. don't. If if it was called a, an extinguisher arm instead of a firearm, <laughs> maybe I'd own one. <laughs> <clears throat> right. But I don't like to keep. You know, I I don't have any children or anything. But I think that if you if you look, you'd find that the statistics bear out. Uh, more often than not, people are shot with their own weapon. <laughs> so, I'm not so trying to be trite. They more often no, than not, right. they're they're shot with their own weapon. So. Uh, unless you're sleeping with it under your pillow loaded, I, I don't <laughs> think it, you know, I think that there's a, a great chance that any perpetrator may find it before you do. Fair enough. Right. And, uh, yeah, and they might be less likely to, you know, feel bad about shooting you as you would about shooting them. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I lying? Th- if I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, I mean, so I was... When I started watching your stuff and all the others, I was like, I really get me back tr- on track. You got to get me back on track sometimes. That's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Um, I was very, I was very excited and I was very motivated. So I went to the grocery store and, um, you know, they have a big display at my local Acme of cars and I'm looking at the cars and I don't know if it's maybe just, I don't know, maybe I'm getting to the get off my lawn age <laughs> at age 40 at the ripe old age of uh 44 44 but that's, that sounds about right <laughs> i think that's but, when i got to get off my lawn <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was i look at the cars and i'm like this isn't even a real car and one of the ones that you just did it was like i just the um, the um impala that you did with all the freaking tampos all over it and the ta- the tribal tattoo look the white and black ones and i'm like i've seen that casting so many oh. times and it's Let freaking me. heinous that car, and I'm like, why did they do? They and the it, and the subscriber who sent me, he sent me six of those. I know, because he found them at the Walmart for like a buck. Yeah, and you know, God love people, because I do love them. But it's like, hey, let me buy these. I'll send them to Lee. 
<laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> but he, he no, he and I, I tease Tom, but he knows uh, that's the name of the subscriber. He knows that that's what I was going to do with them. Right, and they're, but they're hideous. They don't look like they don't look like like the old cars. And I feel like the old castings again the get off my lawn thing. But I feel like in the old days the cars maybe the proportions were a little wonky. Um, they had to do something to kind of make it fit the right scale, make it fit the wheels. So sometimes some of them were a little more squat or a little shorter front to back than the real cars. But now it's just like everything is dropped and everything is blown. And it's like the, everything is, well, the roofs are all chopped. And, and I actually like, uh, addressed part of that in one of my 50s videos. Oh, cool. Um, good, it, good. It, because the reason some of those cars are wider is mm-hmm. to accommodate Hot Wheels uh, supercharger tracks, right? They have oh, the little okay, rollers. Yeah. Gotcha. And if they make them too thin, they that's they why, the, that's the, why the, the beach bomb with mm-hmm. the surfboards, the yeah. one that's really valuable is the rear loader. Well, the reason they changed it is because the rear loader wouldn't go through the supercharger. Holy mm. crap. <laughs> so they <laughs> so moved they kept... the surfboards to the side and made the casting wider. That's inter- That's crazy. That's wow. so I'm doing a 55 Chevy that is what's called a one-to-one casting, which means that the the scale is true. And if you put it next to the 57 Chevy, you can see that that 57 Chevy is just way too wide. Right? It's it's disproportionately wide. So I've got got a question just out of curiosity. So how many, and and there's a reason for this, um, but how many, like, what's the proportion of Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars that are modeled after actual cars versus like kind of concept ones. Because, and the reason I ask that is I, uh, I, I watched that show, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watch it, but Chasing Classic Cars. Uh, I met Wayne Carini at the Greenwich Concourse. So yeah, I absolutely watched that oh, show. Oh yeah, he, and I love that show. Um, but he, there was, he was at some car show and uh, a guy made a life-size version of a Hot Wheels car. Um, like, yeah, the split uh, image. Yeah, it was like a twin mill or something. Yeah, I, I think it's a. I think it was a split image. I think I seen Im- that. Yeah, where there's two cockpits with an exhaust pipe that runs down the middle. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, it was like big, it was purple. I remember it was like big and purple. And you know the thing of it is, I don't even know the answer to your question, other than okay. to say, until Matchbox became owned by Mattel, right, which mm-hmm. they are now, none of their cars were really concept cars per se. They're all just model after actual cars. Yeah, even that one okay. I just did, the Monteverdi High. Well, they only made two of them, right? <laughs> right? In reality, they made two, and they weren't the two they made weren't even the same. One was a little, <laughs> bit, one was a little bit longer, right? And they were supposed to make forty nine of them, and for whatever reason, they didn't. They were a Swiss car manufacturer. So I found Matchbox in the old days in the one through seventy five numbers. They do more of that. Where like the Iso Grifo, you know what that one is, right? I did both a Corgi and a Matchbox of that. I think I'm gonna. I'm, I'd have to look at it to see it. If I don't you, know them by name as well as I do. If you owned Matchbox, you probably owned an Iso Grifo. It was a little blue thing with doors that open. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, I did have oh, that one. Hey, uh-huh. Iso, yeah, yeah. I right. Did. Well, they okay. they only made like 413 of those. No, I definitely. <laughs> right. I, I yeah, that one. Uh, irony is most of them are still on the road. <laughs> and they, um, most of them had Corvette running gear, so they were wonderful huh. cars. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, if I could own any car, I'd probably want to own one of them. So, That's cool. So as someone who's clearly a car guy, and I always ask car guys this question on the podcast, because, you know, 
I'm curious because I have my definite my definite answer. But as far as the best years for cars, like if you had to give me like a five year range, the best years for cars, what would those years be in your mind? 1967 to 1972. That was a quick, that quick Lee, response. Lee, I swear, and Ethan will verify this. I've literally given those same years yeah. every single time I've asked that question. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that is it. That's awesome. So, so you and why? I, you, yeah, you, yeah. So what what's your reasoning for that? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, I'm a Chevy guy, right? Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that the small block Chevy was the greatest single invention by a car manufacturer ever because I took a a 283 that was out of a 58 Chevy that had been put into a 67 Chevelle, and I took it out and put it into a 70 Impala, and everything bolted right onto it, Hmm. right? And that kind of universability for lack of a better term i know that's probably not a word but that that kind of interchangeability (laughs) is is just phenomenal so then what happened is and i'll give ford credit they started it uh with the mustang they decided to build a car that was more of a common man's sports car it wasn't a t-bird it wasn't a corvette you know what i mean Mm -hmm. with something mr everyday could buy right Next thing you know, Camaro comes out, you got your GTOs, you got your Chevy 2s up in Canada, they're building Acadians, and you know what I mean? I mean, it just sprung off from there, and by the time you hit the end of the decade, they were making some really awesome street rods. And then in 1973, when they threw pollution control on everything, they ruined (laughs) all the engines. I I feel like the cars, and like everybody that was a kid around that era wants even now wants to go back and get one of those cars. My neighbor, my neighbor had a 69 Chevelle SS that he worked on from the time. So I moved into that house when I was four and he worked on that car till I was about 10, like just a little bit every weekend until one day we heard the engine start and we went running over to <laughs> his yard to see this beautiful silver Chevelle SS with black racing stripes on it. And it was just the most beautiful car ever. And even then, at age 10, so this is 1986, and even then I knew like that was the, that was the kind of car that I just, I loved that car. Well, and then if you're a, as I got older... Guy, if I'm you're sorry. not a car guy, um, I can't possibly explain to you what it's like to hop into your 68 Camaro <laughs> right after you put a brand new engine in it and there's no hood on it. Right, because you haven't put the hood on yet, but you're just so excited to drive it. <laughs> just want to get right? moving. <laughs> so you got to fire that thing up and drive it down the road with the hood off of it. And um, yeah, there, uh, that's a feeling that there is no compare. Yeah, I. It's like for just so we can relate it to our audience. If you're a computer guy, it's like when you do your computer build and you leave the case open while you're figuring everything out and you're getting it all running. It's the same kind of feeling. <laughs> <laughs> the first computer that I built. I laid everything out like a surgeon. Right? I yeah. did too. <laughs> so then several years later, one of the detectives where I worked wanted to learn how to build computers. So I was kind of teaching him and I went over to his house to help him build his first computer. And he had everything laid out like a surgeon. And I just started putting it together. And he goes, how do you do that? And he said, <laughs> I said, what? He says, well, you're just, you're just putting stuff in it. 
<laughs> How do you know that goes there? I said I just do. <laughs> you just know. It's it's weird. I built my first my first computer that I built. My grandfather bought a bunch of parts, and he's like, I don't know what to do with these. He he, he asked me what to buy, and I bought them. And he goes, All right, now I need you to put this together for me. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> I, I need to, I need to do what? And I did the same thing. I I spread it all out on a really big table. And just every part just nulled perfectly. And I'm like, that's really cool. Okay, well, now I, I got to get this all into the case and get it to actually do something. It's funny, though. And, and again, I, I haven't built a computer. But it's same thing even like even with like Ikea furniture. I don't know if you do this. <laughs> I, like I, I do. I lay out and I organize all the different pieces in groups before I get started. You know how many wrong pieces are in my dresser? You have no <laughs> idea. Because I because instead of sort... Because the Ziggy guy in the instructions tells you that oh, you have th- to sort everything. But Vincent doesn't sort everything. Vincent just that goes... That surprised me. I, I feel like you'd be a sorter. You would think. Yeah. And I am now. I learned after I made my dresser. <laughs> right. But... Well, see, yeah. I, I'll do that, and then I won't read the instructions. So no, the instructions are just a suggestion. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I know better. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Come right. on, we're men. We don't read instructions. <laughs> we don't get directions, and we don't use maps. What the hell? Thank God for thank God for GPS. Otherwise, we would never get anywhere we were going ever. Well, I I built a lot of computers in my day, and I you just after a while you just get good at it. Like it becomes else. right. I built so the one I have at my on my desk I built about two years ago and it was the first time I had had all Macs up until then and you know I had computers and then I went to Mac for you know I, I was an Apple guy for a couple of years and then I was like at one point I'm like ah, I just don't I, I, I need I just, more Windows I, I couldn't live with one mouse button yeah. <laughs> right right <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> you're yeah. not wrong um, but then I was like I'm gonna build a PC and I sat down over the course of a day and I'm like I wonder if I still remember how to do this and what I didn't know. And this was something I learned. A lot changed from like 15 years ago, the last time I built a computer. And I was like, I don't know what these connectors even are, let alone where they go. But I did end up, it took me probably five times longer than it would have had I actually known what I was doing to build this machine. But it's, you know, I I still have it. The only computer I have left that I built, I actually have three computers in my house. But uh, I have one that I built, I bet you, 10 years ago. And it's it's running Windows 10 and it's still running really strong. It was a gaming yeah. computer, so ah. it had a, it had a lot of oomph the day I built it. The computer right. that this one the computer that this one replaced is actually downstairs in my shop running my CNC. So sure. I am yeah, it's like that computer and in that position with an SSD. So there's nothing in that machine that moves except the fan. That machine's going to last like 20 years. Sure. So as long as Shape Oco doesn't change their requirements. I will never have to replace that computer ever again. I'll probably end up replacing the power supply and the monitor before the computer ever needs to be yep. replaced. Which Somebody asked me one fun. time, what's the biggest replaced item in a computer? And I said, the power supply. Uh, it really is. People don't understand that, that that's the big one. And unfortunately, if you have an oddball case with a weird power supply in it, that means you're going to replace the case too, which means you now have to take everything apart. Well, and even if you're using industry standards, most of those cases that come with power supplies come with the cheapest power supply on the market. Oh yeah, this one. This Go case get yourself that I an Antec Green or something that's going to have you know. Some... Yeah, 
Wait I bought to a, it. <laughs> I bought a 750-watt EVGA power supply for this thing, and I was like, yeah, I'm spending a little bit of money on this because <clears> I don't want to be replacing it. I don't want to ever... Oh, if I ever have to open this machine, it's going to be to take the board out and put a new board in. It's not going to be one to of repair my favorite, something. My favorite lines from Jurassic Park is when they get in the car and the kid says, hey, what are these? And the guy says, are they heavy? And he said, yeah. He says, well, then put them down. <laughs> right. that's good well that's true of your power supply too is it heavy okay it's probably a good one it's got a that big ass heat sink in there and it's got that's huge so capacitors and... you're right i yeah. never thought of that but that's 100 percent true yeah the lighter power supplies are really it's the same with the um the power supplies that come with your phone and your tablet and whatever they're these really light without a transformer in them now everything's a switching power supply that can run on 110 or 220 and they're all they burn out after like a year like mm-hmm. again i'm doing the get what is it with me i'm doing the get off my lawn thing all that like, yeah, power supplies used to be a lot better when i was young back in my day but so anyway we, we were going to talk about die cast <laughs> yeah wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I you know what it is it's i get I, I i associate um the the good old days with my with my matchbox cars collection when toys were i look at what kids play with now and and it's just there is the simplicity of just having a whole fleet of your own Matchbox cars and just doing whatever you want and crashing them into each other. Like I just feel like that's just lost, and, and it's kind of well, sad you, to me. You created the world in which they existed. Right. right. And I when mean, the Hot Wheels came along, and no fault to them because it was brilliant, of course, they created a toy that required their world, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember like my dad and mom got me one year. They got me the... Um, the Hot Wheels um, Stow and Goes, the two of them. So I got the city and the service center, hmm. and they linked together, and it was just the the coolest damn thing yeah. ever. Well, and, and that guy's wife invented the Barbie, the guy from Mattel. Oh, wow. oh right. I didn't That's know that. right. Huh. Yeah, you he know, invented you know, the Hot Wheels, and she invented the Barbie. Well, going back to your point, though, Vincent, Turner, I, like for me, again, I'm, I'm younger, but at the same time, I, it... it there's a feeling with toys when I was growing up where, you know, I had a very modest allowance and it would take me weeks to save up enough to get a new toy, right? Mm-hmm. And And then we'd go to that, go to the store and I'd, you know, agonize over which, you know, which Hot Wheels car to buy or which nin- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle to buy, you know, all those things. And then you buy it and it, it, I don't know, it, it, I, I, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that is like lost in this day and age like well, because, that saving up and getting yeah. a single toy that no, and, I, and being I, so proud of that toy for for I'm totally for with you months. because it, in yeah. our day in our day you had to make your toys last right right it wasn't like oh I can go to you couldn't go and you know we Lee mentioned it a little while ago but you know you couldn't go to the store and buy five Hot Wheels cars for five dollars right a Hot Wheels car was like three or four dollars and yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but my parents had pretty much nothing growing up, right. so getting one was a treat. Right. And it's like, wow, you know, now kids can go to the store and they come home with an, with just an... I, I'm looking right now on Target, right? Because I was just curious to see what cars are going for now. They have a 20-car gift pack for $20. They're right, as literally a dollar a car and that just was unheard of like well, if you were and, and, if you were getting dollar cars when i was a kid they were either like off-brand or even like i had the dukes of hazard set the ertle one that everyone talks about but those cars were garbage and they were like super cheap well, <laughs> well yeah, and I mean, the ones you're buying now all have plastic bases yeah, yeah. well and that's and that's i mean that is part of it too like well that's the thing is no one's going to be restoring 
frozen figurines, <laughs> you know, 20 years from now and feeling nostalgic no. about it, right? I mean, exactly. that's just, yeah. No, they're going to go in the garbage and whoever has, it's like, no one's going to go, I right. miss my my Elsa doll. No, right, exactly. no one misses their Elsa doll. And even now, the Hot Wheels cars I look at now, like, I mean, you know, I love the work you do with your cars, Lee. I do. Well, you, you followed, have you followed any of Jim Silva's work? I have, I have not. He's one of the people I actually haven't I, seen. I send him all my weird Hot Wheels because he'll just cut them up with a jeweler saw, take some <laughs> JB weld and turn it into a post-apocalyptic <laughs> something or another. But I don't, I don't work on those. Those are yeah, the when, cars yeah, Is I'm there a, a rat rod version of the... Uh... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't do I don't do rat rods. Yeah, bare bare metal does a lot of those, and I got to be honest with you. When he's doing like his um ap- post apocalyptic ones, I'm like, mm, I'm not really into that. Like, yeah, they're cool, and I like I like watching the weathering techniques and the you know how he like uses different material to make screens so, for the windows and stuff. But I mean, you've kind of figured out I'm just like a little bit of a realist. Did you ever see the video I did for the Four Horsemen when they did their first collaborative build? Which one? Which one was? They it? did. I'm they did. Sure a, I did. They did a pickup truck, and their theme was alcohol. So I built a pickup truck that was going off at the end of a, a berm into a river. <laughs> How right? do I not remember that, this? That, that was not what they were talking about, but it was my <laughs> it was my send off to them. Right? I I made a diorama of this old beat up Chevy pickup truck going off the edge of a, a, a you know a, a small cliff, into a river of rushing water. Oh right? How do I not remember this? I, I uh, maybe I just missed this video. I might have might be one that I missed. Yeah, well, at any rate, um, yeah. So I, I just I have a different take on on things. I guess sometimes when I look at what they're doing. Yeah. You do. You're what I. I mean, what I've noticed about your work in particular is you and um, you and Paul seem to have really mastered Spectroflame, which I've just seen people struggle with it so much. And it's like, yeah, it's apparently it is doable. You just got to be real careful and you got to really know what you're doing. I love, I love watching people work with it because I just love the, the end results. It just looks beautiful. Well, I think part, there's um, the, the pickup truck that I did is not, it's listed, it's not listed as the Four Horsemen. It's just called Miesto Chevy pickup truck. Okay. That's what the video is called. It's four. Okay, so this old. has a red line on it. So clearly, I watched it. Yeah, I found it. You did it about four months ago. Yeah. Okay, I found it. But anyway, what were we talking about? I lost my train of thought. That I was really into. I really enjoy watching people work with Spectroflame. <laughs> oh, um, I think Spectroflame is easy to work with. What you have to understand about it is it can't be rushed. Right. If you try I to rush you put it, a lot you're going to yeah, get polishing and stuff. When you well, really you got to prep the casting. casting. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to reveal everything. It sure does. And, uh, you know, a couple of the people, and I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here, but there's a couple of people out there who are highly regarded, who I've seen put out work that I would have never put out. We can talk afterwards, but I can name a few that I went, ew, you think that looked good enough to put on YouTube? <laughs> I, I even went after one of them. Really? Be- well, because he... Spent, he said several times during the video that his channel was past doing restorations. Oh, really? <laughs> and so when, in the comment section, I very politely told him that if you're going to say things like that, you better, you, be better do, you better do a perfect job at what you're doing in front of you. Yeah, you got to be an expert. If you're going to say you're beyond doing something, you better be an expert at doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, and you, you better not put out what you just put out because I listed everything that was wrong with it. <laughs> oh, my God. 
There's right? drama in the Hot Wheels community. I love it. And uh, well, I wasn't trying to create drama, but this guy, you probably, I'm sure you know who he is. He's a Canadian kid. And uh, he kind of dropped off the face of the earth there for a little bit and was making comments about how people were being mean to him. Oh, my God. And it's like, I'm sorry. Listen, you millennial. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, I mean, all I ever ask people, I don't care. You can come and tell me that that you don't like my work. I don't have a problem with that. What Mm -hmm. I have a problem with is when you do it in a manner that uh, is lacks respect because you're in my living room right mm-hmm. right in fact i had a guy because you know i stopped doing voiceovers right yep i know i did notice that i wanted to talk about that but go ahead i'm sorry i'll talk about it but he put up a post when i did that mustang that was very rude and the first time i just deleted it mm-hmm. right because he was kind of a regular subscriber and then the second time he really got into it called me lazy and a number of other things and so I typed a response that said, if you came into my home for dinner and said that my wife's chicken sucked and that she was lazy in the manner that she cooked it, I said, not only would you no longer be in my home, I said, I'd probably kick your effing ass right off this planet. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pinned it. You know what I mean? Oh. I pinned it, right? Yep. Oh my um, god. That is exactly it, the way to handle a troll it, comment. It was Pin up it. it was up for about 15 minutes. Cuz I'm sure cuz he read the response and deleted the original post. Oh my god. Ah, yeah. Cuz oh he didn't want to see that I I screw you. You don't get to come here and say that stuff to me. Yeah, right. Well, is it Jimmy DeResta that says it's like this is my living room and when you do this you're coming into my living yeah. room? It's like, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's just like you could, you know, it's really funny. People, it's almost like people on social networks don't realize that if you don't like something, you can scroll on it and not actually comment on it. You don't have to tell people you don't like something. Well, it's it, amazing. But the, but, and, and the people that actually are, you know, people that are good people and uh, and don't like your, do exactly that, Vincent. Like, you yeah, know, I know, if I don't like something or whatever, it's, you know, it's, you know, if, just e- move on. Either, it doesn't I, either, all yeah, either I don't say anything. Because I'm sure you understand if you've looked at some of the builders that are out there, mm-hmm. that there are builders that they're just not, either they don't put the time in, I don't know what the problem is, right? But their work, their end result is not as impressive as others. How about I that? I think that's an accurate, that's a very accurate statement. But you that's have a- to, you if you're going to criticize, and I usually don't, I usually say nothing or something encouraging, um, right. You have to you have to do so with a certain amount of comportment. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Of you course. can't just and, go in and, there and say, "Well, you sob this, you screwed this up to the extreme," and you, you can't. You just don't get to do that. <laughs> well, why is that productive too? You know, like that's not productive. Like again, there's been times, and and it happened in actually one of my recent videos where you know there's a, people that had different opinions on how they would have done something. And they said it, you know, said it in a way that I could have interpreted it as them being jerks. I'll just mm-hmm. put it that that way. And you know, so again, I'm I'm only dealing with three of those because I don't get a ton of you know views. <laughs> but the <laughs> but I you know I decided I said you know what I'm gonna just take the high road and say 
All right. Well, I'm I'm truly interested. Tell me tell me what you like. What why you didn't like this design feature and how you would have done it. Like I I'm interested because maybe that's something I could learn and and incorporate in my next pro- project. And they sent me back like a paragraph of really good tips. Again, I don't think my original design was as bad, you know, was bad. Um, they had a different opinion and they're welcome to that opinion, but it was interesting to hear them in that case, actually come back with something in other cases, they just ghost you because they don't know what they're talking about and they have zero idea on design and you know, whatever. So it, it is interesting though. Like sometimes they actually do want to provide feedback, and it can be helpful. So and it, de- it depends on the feedback that they're providing. Exactly. You. If yeah. you're mm-hmm. gonna, I've been doing this for two years. You're really gonna tell me I ought to be using Tamiya tape? You don't think <laughs> I, in those, those yeah, seven hundred days and a hundred cars that I did that I never tried Tamiya tape? Yeah, really. Right. It's, I mean, don't, yeah, you're, don't yeah. insult me by by telling me which hand to put the toilet paper in, and then. <laughs> I don't know if you remember when we did that judge build for the three blind mice a couple months back. I do. And I made a comment in the video that the judge was, uh, uh, the impetus, the muse, was uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and Flip Wilson's bit. Mm-hmm. Right? He come to judge. Mm-hmm. So some guy sends, he first he puts a post up about, well, actually it didn't come from that. It came from a black comedian back in the 30s named I don't know, Rob Bone Fishburn or whatever the hell the guy's name was. And I emailed him, or I, I responded to his comment by saying, I'm sure it's true, but uh, that's like telling me who invented rubber because the car's got tires on it. <laughs> right? Find me a single credible website that says that the Pontiac Judge was named after a bit done by an African-American comedian back in the 20s or 30s. Because you won't. Everybody will say it was Flip Wilson. And and that kind of led to why I got away from doing the commentary. I got tired of dealing with people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because... Well, really, yeah. And the other any, thing is, how much can you say? I mean, it, it's the, the thing is, and if you watch enough of these videos, how many times can you describe the process? I mean, I noticed that somebody like Jason from Diecast Restos, he does... Um, he basically gives an exhaustive history of the vehicle while he's doing the re- the restoration, and that's that's fine. And I used but... I used to do that kinda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And now but you just t- use it, music, and I kind of dig it actually. Yeah, it, it turned into actually. Anytime you get a post that starts with the word <laughs> actually, actually yeah, yeah. right? Don't e- don't even read it. Just delete it because you can only Im- actually you can almost imagine what the is, face that's saying it looks like as they yeah, say it too. And <laughs> the other thing is, is okay. What do you think I am a savant? Before right. I do the videos, I go on the internet and mm-hmm. I research the stuff before I do the video. So I'm not saying that this is true of that. I'm relating information that I read somewhere else. Right. Well, so why on earth do you want to argue with me about it? Well, right. because they want to argue, and and that's the and it, I guarantee that probably eighty to ninety percent of the the comments they say start with actually are actually right. There are yeah. people that think they're right and want to prove something. So. Well, I, I think Grant. So, so I was listening to the Clancast. Just on the to way finish home. off about the music oh. part of it. That yeah. that that coupled in with um doing a voiceover narration like the ones i used to do almost had to be done in real time 
Mm-hmm. And it was very time intense. Of course. As someone who's done YouTube videos, I can attest to the fact that doing the VO takes a long freaking time. Well, Vincent, <laughs> you know, it's my... It, outside of doing an intro it's your where kryptonite. I'm doing on camera, <laughs> the voiceover is my least favorite part. I love the build. I love the edit. I love putting music to it. But the voiceover is just the worst. We noticed it. We, My wife and I noticed that you stopped doing the VOs um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was really... It was really, oh, not really... Vo- oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It was really odd. It was just like jarring to like just have you just do a quick um a quick time lapse with the music. But it's kind of just like okay, this is what his videos are now, and that's fine too. It's it's just okay. it was really and, weird when you made that leap. And then I'll let me carry it into a, a another avenue that I don't really talk about. But anybody you if you've done YouTube, you know what I mean. When mm-hmm. I go into my analytics and it tells me that as a general rule, people are only watching six minutes of my video. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that tells me something, and I don't think it's the six minutes in the middle. <laughs> well, no, right. and I, I'm not trying You're to right. be. When I go watch, you think I go? Well, I don't care who it is, it, even if it's Marty. You think I go watch his whole video? You can't got, watch a whole Marty video got, sometimes. They're thirty minutes long now. <laughs> well, and I've got I've got thirty five channels that want me to watch their video. Right. right. So yeah. I watch the beginning. I watch the end. And then if I see something in the end that I want to explore, I go find it in the video. But why should I watch you put on your pants again this morning? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because we all start the same way. Well, I I think that's another great thing for people to think about as they make videos, too, is it's the the phasing, I mean, the timing is is and the pace is very very important for that exact reason again i i'm very similar there's you know there's very few channels and people that i watch unless i'm truly truly engaged so you guys are from out east do you know who candace owens is of course Mm -hmm. okay so i was watching her on something the other day talking about her youtube videos and i'm not going to get into the content because that isn't even my point my point is she said that she never made videos longer than six minutes Mm mm-hmm and the reason for that is, of course, her message is something that she's directing at young African-American, uh, you know, trying to sway them in a political sense, and that younger people don't have the attention span right. to watch a video much longer than six minutes. And that's why I she doesn't. Accurate. I don't think she's being, I don't think she's being disrespectful to them either. No, I think that's right. accurate. I mean, based on my analytics, I can tell you that anything over six minutes just doesn't get watched. She's one hundred percent right. In fact, I did May for Makers, which was a, which was a, an opportunity for me to do a video every day for an entire month, and some of the videos were really long. And I noticed that the checkout time was somewhere around six to eight minutes. Like well, that was it. it. And that would I get so to I thank mean, the uh, quarantine for my revelation. <laughs> well, because when the quarantine started, the first day here, I pulled eight castings out of my inventory and started working eight castings. I've never done uh, that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was putting out a car about every other day. Right. Well, when you're yeah. doing it that much instead of a car a week or two cars a week, depending on what your hobby affords you for time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you're sitting at home, so it's all you're doing. You right. really see where your time is invested. Right. Yep, and you start realizing it's not worth it. 
Let you, me, um, and you're right. You get tired of, okay, I'm going to drill out the post. Now. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the process, no matter who's doing it, you know, with with only slight variations, the process doesn't change. Either, <laughs> particularly uh, video to video from the same person, but, you know, video to video, even in the same space, they don't really, everybody does them the same well, way. Here, well, and if, if you get bored watching your own video everyone else is going to be bored way yeah. before you are. <laughs> so. And and I've I've always gone out of my way to try to help other people create exposure and be successful. And I won't say who, but one of the builders and I were swapping some emails and I said, "And would you please stop saying here I am?" <laughs> right. Don't say here I am and follow it up with something that I'm watching. <laughs> right well here i am putting this screw into a hole well no shit sherlock i'm watching you put a screw in a hole why do i need you to tell me and he and he says well what am i supposed to do i said remember you're doing a little tv show so My here's show. what you say Not you tell. say i have found that when i use a self-tapping screw mm-hmm. that i have better luck and something innocuous while you're putting the screw in. You don't mm-hmm. say, here I am doing what you're watching me do. Right. right. No. Right. Show, right. don't tell. <laughs> show, don't tell. That's um, David Picciuto's big yep. thing. Show, don't, don't tell. tell. Yep. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to hit the sponsors, and we'll come back. We'll talk to Lee a little bit more. Um, and we'll uh, do the, the fun weekly stuff that everybody seems to enjoy. So we'll be back shortly. So one of the reasons that we actually wanted to have Lee on, it wasn't just his um, his... Um, work with Matchbox and Hot Wheels. It was also that you actually do have experience, like actually doing some, let's just say, car-related work. So why don't you give us a little bit? I know this is so weird because this is the second time I've done this where we've had someone. I'm like, the bio is interesting, and then we get to the bio in the second half of the show. But why don't you give us a little bit of your bio and tell us, like, you know, the history of Lee because it, it is actually oh, wow. pretty interesting. Um, well, let me say unequivocally. Uh, well, let me put it this way. In, in probably the early 80s, I lived in my car for six months. Wow. So, you know, when I have people today tell me about things that can't be done, that frustrates me. Right. Right? Because I've been there, and I, I, I can assure you there was no privilege that bought, brought me to where I am. I started, I was delivering pizzas. I've always been kind of a motorhead, right, since high school. Mm-hmm. Well, then I went to work for a, a large pizza place, and uh, after that was when I, I started selling auto parts, and that was when I got more involved in the whole car thing. And I probably did that for a decade, and then I uh, I got a job at the police department, and I was I was look I was going to college. I wanted to be a I didn't want to be a cop. I wanted to be a conservation officer. Wow, that's that's oddly specific. Well. I, I'm kind of an introvert. I readily mm-hmm. admit that. And the idea of having the state of Minnesota buy me a pickup truck, a four wheeler, a boat, and a snowmobile, and say work out <laughs> of your house out in the middle of the wilderness somewhere, seemed like a really good life to me. Wow. Right. That's why I moved to the country after I retired because I don't like living in the city. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just not for me. It's for some people. They love it. I've even actually thought it'd be cool to live in New York City, but only for a year. I promise you, as someone who grew up in New York City, it is not cool. <laughs> well, I just, I just know that. OK, I, you used a term during the break when we were just talking, a bodega. Mm-hmm. There ain't no such thing as a bodega in Annandale, Minnesota or Minneapolis, Minnesota, for that matter. If you yeah. need groceries, you go to the, the cub. 
or you know what I mean? You go to some big box store. Mm-hmm. But I think if you live in, you know, when I, and I don't know how, how much is true and how much is apocryphal, but when you watch a show like Seinfeld, mm-hmm. right, it seemed like the neighborhood was a more self-contained sociological system. It kind of is. That, that right? actually is well, how New York so is. So anyway, that's off track. <laughs> so I, I uh, got the job with the police department and I was studying, I was going to college, I was going to be a conservation officer. And then uh, I noticed when I interviewed the chief of police and the deputy chief were in there. And when they saw that I had a background, I also went to school to be a tractor trailer mechanic. Uh, when they saw that I had a very mechanical background, I was a jet engine mechanic in the Air Force. Uh, they kind of raised their eyebrow, right? During too. the interview, like that really interested them. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out why. Um, the sergeant who was running things, he wasn't doing his job. He was sitting over at the shop all day smoking cigarettes, and they wanted to put somebody else in charge of the cars. Ah. But because of the, the culture of law enforcement, it's not like they could pick another sergeant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that would be like disrespecting him. I don't know how wow. else to explain it. it. You know, this was a different time. This was 30 years ago, you have to remember. Um, you know, the late eighties. So law enforcement was different then than it is today. So they, they wanted me to take over the cars, right? Wow. Uh, so we get new cars from Ford. I take the old cars that are going out of service and decide what equipment I can harvest, right? Because I, I, I was actually a fiscally responsible city worker. I don't want to spend money if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My boss told me one day, he said, you're a really crappy city employee. <laughs> I said, why is that? And he said, because you worry about the bottom line. Yeah, you don't understand baseline budgeting. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, I worked in the private sector. I didn't, become, I didn't go to work for the police department until I was 31 years old. Right. I had spent 10 years working in a place where your relationship with your immediate supervisor was directly tr- tied to your last quarterly statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That, right? That's where you got your popularity. And if you don't think so, then you're a fool. Right? <laughs> so I, I don't know how to undo that mindset. So anyway, I would harvest parts out of cars going out of service to use in new cars. And we had life cycles. I, I helped them introduce a lot of programs for um, constant equipment replacement so that rather than having to go to the city council and say, we need $80,000 to buy uh, light bars, you just buy three light bars every year. Right. right? You just budget to do it. Things like that. So I did that for them for 30 years. And the matchbox thing, well, I, one day the chief of police come walking into my office and told me I wasn't going to have a job anymore um, after 28 years. And uh, as you can imagine, I had like two months left. I, while I did my job for those two months, I was less than enthusiastic to go any further than I absolutely needed to. Right. Oh, Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I watched a lot of YouTube. <laughs> and I watched Marty take a... Bedford Tipper, a three a three B I think is the number of it. It's it's got a cream cab and a red tipper, and it had a broken, uh, the windshield post was broken, mm-hmm. and I watched his video of him fixing that, and I thought, well, hell, I could do that. <laughs> right. That's, 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 and that's, that's how, how right now. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's how everyone seems to get their start. They look at it and go, I could do that. <laughs> Well, that's how I became, that's how I built computers. I was dating a gal and I asked her, because I was really into them, right? I was a gamer. And mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, what kind of computer you got? And she says, well, I don't know. My dad made it. 
And I thought, man, I know her dad. He's an idiot. (laughs) Right? If, If he can make a computer, well, I can make a computer. And so when somebody asks themselves that question... What's the first thing they do? Vince, what do you do when you decide you're going to embark on something? How do I get started? You I, read. I go, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I start Googling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you start reading about it. And uh-huh. then you find out, you know, there's people out there that will help you avoid the landmines. Mm-hmm. Right? You so have yeah. to take, You have to take your lumps, but you don't have to take all the lumps. Sure. <laughs> well, it, it's like anything else in life. If it's worth accomplishing, you have to be willing to make whatever sacrifices are necessary. So, you know, for me to do the little cars, that's one thing. To do the videos, well, that's tapping into some experiences I've had, lifelong experiences. Now, did you you start, did you, were you making cars before you started doing YouTube? Or was it kind of the same time? They started simultaneously. Okay, yeah. So you not only decided, so this this is kind of cool, actually. So you not only decided, I'm going to start this Matchbox restoration thing, but I'm also going to do YouTube. I'm going to start learning how to do YouTube while I'm learning how to do the restoration. Yes. I wanted to do what Marty was doing. I I, I respect that 100%. I think, and I think. That's awesome. I I think there's, I don't know, there's a group of people that I think the creating the video and doing the thing kind of, they they drive each other, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, self. Yeah, well, you, you, if you watch at all my videos, you know what the new format that I've gone to is I spend the first minute or so talking about the actual car and the casting, mm-hmm. right? This is what the car is, and this is what when Hot Wheels made their version of it. And then at the end, I do another minute or so about what I did do it, right? right. That's what I do. And in the in-between, mm-hmm. I try to put some tolerable music. You, your music selections, by the way, since you changed formats, have been on point. Like mm-hmm. some of them, I, I, I'm not. I'm just asking. I thought some of them were copyrighted. Are, they are. Am I wrong about? Okay, no, so you're absolutely how do you, right. So how do you get the how do you get the usage rights for them and not get dinged for it? Are they in the YouTube library? I don't even no. know. I mean, how am I enriching uh, myself? Fair enough. It's usually YouTube will flag you almost instantly for it. Yeah, just they, and they do. Oh, okay. They do, but they have. Okay, so here's the message I get from them. Mm-hmm. This video cannot be monetized. Oh, all right. Fine. And, and if you do try to monetize it, we're going to take any income and give it to the artist. All right, cool. <laughs> Which, to me, I look at that and say, oh, that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's right. a fair deal. I like <laughs> that idea. As long as I'm not using it for my own personal benefit, it, you're considering it to be fair use, for lack of a better term, right? Wow. And it isn't until I start to try to draw revenue using your your intelligent right. property, right? Intellectual property. Until I start trying to you know, draw revenue from it, it's fair use. And I think that's fair. I'm not trying to, if anything, I'm giving them exposure. And I right. almost always include a link down in the comments section. I almost mm-hmm. always include a link to somewhere where they can go buy the album or the song or... Oh, I, right? I love I love that you use music I know because it just yeah. to me it just makes the video so much more enjoyable. No, these right. fifty builds so far I haven't used anything because another thing. Okay, I did a an update for the fifties build and I used uh, uh, Rock Around the Clock, mm-hmm. and so the YouTube hit that I got said um, people in the following it? people in the following areas will not be able to view this video. <laughs> and then yeah. I click it and it gives you a list, right? But the nice thing YouTube does, I give them a lot of credit, is they say 
This constitutes 1% of your viewing audience. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Then. Sorry, guys. So, so, yeah, now you get to make a choice. Do I want to put a different song on it to gain that 1% back? I'm really sorry, Croatia, but you're going to miss this right. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ironically, it's a lot of times it's the UK. I, I get I get those things from uh, on Instagram sometimes, and again I yeah. use royalty free music um, to do it, so it's 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 kind of BS, but it, uh, but you know almost every time it's it's all these like foreign I, countries. So I, I and I've like, only had one song that I got a YouTube I got a I'm sure it was computer generated, but I got a nasty gram from the, from them that said mm-hmm. with this song on here nobody gets to see your video, mm-hmm. and that song was Radar Love by Golden Earring. <laughs> right? They weren't having none of that. <laughs> I'd almost yeah. want to get you for your taste in music rather than the song itself. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I like That's Radar great. Love. It's an old 70s, you know. It's a good song for, you know, if you're doing car stuff, right? And well, I put it's also that good, on there, it, and yeah, well, it yeah, kicked it, it back. You can't play this. <laughs> it's also good to have music that's, like, period period appropriate for the yeah, car. It's, right. It kind of sets the mood for what's Just going on. get George talking about YouTube and ACDC. <laughs> Holy God. cow, you'd think that they were stealing his firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, they will not let him use ACDC on his videos, and yeah. You know, he he, he he gets pretty worked up about it. So George after, is a funny guy. So after about two years of doing this, do you have any restos that have like a really special place in your heart where you just go, this is my favorite? Like I would never. Oh, God, this one yeah. Ever. I got a whole. Okay. I mean, for one thing, anytime you do something the first time, right? Mm-hmm. So a while back, for example, I took a Matchbox GT40 and I turned it into a red line. I don't know if you remember watching that one, but in order to do it, I had to file off all the casting lines, right? Because red lines were always really smooth. We kind of talked about that. Right. So I took a a Matchbox GT40 and I filed off every flipping casting line, almost every (laughs) one, and polished the thing to a mirror polish and painted it Spectre Flame Blue and uh, harvested some red line wheels off of another Hot Wheels casting and put red line wheels on it. And it was beautiful in that car. And it's a roller. You know what I mean? You could send that thing down a Hot Wheels track and it would do just fine. Wow. So that one, that'll never go anywhere. I'll keep that until I die and it'll probably wind up in a yard sale. <laughs> I get that, right? And I got that, I did an ESO Grifo that I love, mm-hmm. right? I just love it. You know, I'd never do anything. There's just certain ones that it's like a lot of times right. it's the first the first time you did something. Yeah. Right? right, you say, "Oh, uh, that's kind of like my signature one." I ain't gonna get rid of that. It's like this Tonka truck. It's sitting on my desk under my monitor, and it's... yeah, you're not selling that one. I can no, that that's never going. Right. I have a yeah. box of Tonka trucks to restore that I plan on just you know flipping. Ninja Turtles. Yep, that's 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 the plan. <laughs> I've, got, I four... I've got castings that I worked that I've looked at and thought. God, you know, I could really use the wheels off that thing on something I'm doing right now, and I could right. just I could just throw that one away. I wasn't very you, happy with it anyway. <laughs> I see some, I've seen, one of the things I've seen in the resto community that just, I don't know what it is, it just feels like ugly and wrong. I've seen a lot of like aftermarket wheel manufacturers and I see people using the wheels and I'm like, they just don't look right. Like there, there's something, again, the get off my lawn thing, which seems to be a recurring theme tonight, <laughs> but it just feels like that's not the right wheels. Like, don't do that. Just leave, you know, get the, I'd rather see replica red line wheels or, you know. Clean well, up the old for wheels. me, it, it really depends on what I'm doing, mm-hmm. one. And two, um, if I have a red line, 
and I've decided that I'm going to work the red line, I'm going to mm. try to make it the original red line. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. in order to do that, uh, yeah, that means that I don't get to do a wheel swap. Right. I mean, you did do, like on the Rolls Royce you did a, a, a little while ago, you did do the big white wall tires, and they looked really cool. <laughs> you know, and I know I that that car did not come with actual painted white walls. So. Oh, no, you know what? Those I took those white walls off. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, you did take them off? Somebody else put really those on cool there. On the they were, it was a neat idea. It just was poorly executed. <laughs> you know, That's people ask me life. all the time, why don't you paint the trim around the windows and stuff? And it's like, well, nowadays they get to do that with a computer, which is very nice for them. Mm -hmm. right. But if you're trying to do that by hand and you're 60 years old and your hands shake just in the natural <laughs> state of things, you know, yeah. painting lines that thin, they're never going to look good. Well, right. a, a, a tiny little, a tiny little bit of um, inside the kimono here, which I like to do on this podcast. Is <laughs> the reason that that I like Tonka trucks is because my ability to see detail not as good as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm 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 becoming a blind mouse myself. So yeah, there, there there's a guy out there that does Tonkas. He actually bakes. You know what I mean? He's got that what ba what's that paint? Oh, the powder, powder coating. coating? Yeah. yeah. So Chip does it that way. TRG does it that way. Yeah. I love watching them because I love watching the powder coating process. Yeah. Me, I don't have that kind of money or time, so me, it's all airbrush. But well, and I, you know, people ask me all the time, "Hey, have you ever watched Paul the Restorer?" And I go, "Yeah, I know who he is." Well, God, he's <laughs> casting his own wheels, and it's like I got, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, he's like, this is a hobby. This isn't my career choice. I'll, like, I'll either steal him off another casting, or I'll find somebody who sells them. Like you know, there's a few places where you can buy stock like aftermarket parts right Wind and that's builds. another that's another thing like yeah. this that the hobby is big enough where you got like the oh, red line like shop industry got, yeah it's it's cr yeah, created I just a whole a, bunch of side companies i just found a new one today there i mean it's really a growing industry um it's this guy uh, it's called bench work die cast and toys and i bought something from him i found on ebay and then i got a business card with it of course and i went to his website and it's like god this guy's making a lot of stuff i can use oh yeah Right. I, I noticed so when I, I got book, into Tonkas, there's them. companies that do um, resto that do tons of like resto parts. Like if anything's missing on any of the trucks I have, I could easily just go and buy the parts now. Like, wow, this is really really cool. Like, you yeah. know, and, you know, I I do wheel swaps. It just depends on what I'm doing. I'm not right. beyond mm -hmm. using the wheels that came on it either. Even on some of the new ones at at Monteverdi High, that had its original super fast wheels on it. I swear I had that car in blue, but maybe I may I may be mistaken. But when only I saw came you in do orange, was that only came in orange? Okay, so then I didn't have that car in blue. I really yeah. was I was watching the video. I was like, you know, it, well, know, hold on, let me take that back. You probably did have it in blue, but the wheels were different and the doors didn't open. Fair enough. Okay, so then I might okay. Fair. They did a, I, they did a re-release. Now that you mention that, I even said it in the video. They did a uh, re-release um, later. That came in a whole bunch of different colors, but it didn't mm -hmm. have opening doors, and it didn't have the original style super fast wheel. I remembered having a. I almost can, and I could be wrong about this, but I I think I remember it having a yellow windscreen and a blue body. I'm yeah. almost positive, and I saw it, and I was like, I had this car, but it didn't look like this. <laughs> so yeah, I, and, I find and myself Matchbox saying that was, a lot. They did that. I mean, mm -hmm. so did Hot Wheels. 
Yeah, right? and I didn't know this was a thing. And then, like, I'll see cars. I'm like, now I know I had that car. And they'll be the same. Like, I remember the year because it was roughly around, I was like five, six-ish. So I know I had that car. And it's like, it wasn't that color, though. And then one time it was either you or, it was either you or Marty that explained that, you know, these cars were often released multiple times over the course of a couple of years in multiple colors. And I was like, oh, wow. So this wasn't like that car. It was that car for that year in that model and then well, they did it again and again well and the, of course hot wheels that. they went a direction and now matchbox you know they did too where you would buy a theme pack mm-hmm. here's five cars that all have flames on them ah here's five okay. cars they're they're all old chevys right gotcha and when you go to like a wiki a good one it'll tell you every all the releases like sometimes mm-hmm. it'll say walmart only Right. Right. Yeah. So I also, I did one, uh, my my flash cider that I did last year was a malto meal. Well, you probably don't even know what malto <laughs> meal is, or do you? Oh, I, res- I resent that implication. I am a very big fan of marshmallow mateys, sir. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which... I'll tell you what, then you're more familiar with malto meal than me. What I can, <laughs> what I can tell you about malto meal is they're in Northfield, Minnesota. Ah, yeah, no, that well, there would be every reason for the same reason you couldn't find Snapple in California. It would not surprise <laughs> me if you didn't know anything about Malto Meal. I don't <laughs> no, know. I, I don't know what their meal. reach is. <laughs> they are so in in New York at least, and I'm only speaking for New York because it's all I know. But they were for a long time, and we just my wife and I just noticed you don't see it anymore in New York. But it used to be the bottom shelf of the entire cereal aisle was all the Malta meal variations of the cereals above it. So like right <laughs> under Lucky Charms, which is one of my favorites, was um, Marshmallow Mateys, and we used to buy giant bags of Marshmallow Mateys because they're a lot cheaper and they taste identical. So yeah, no, I like Malta Meal. I'm yeah, very, so. Malto yeah. meal originally was just like cream of wheat. Ugh. Right? I mean, when I was a kid, that's what malto, mm-hmm. that's where it comes, malto meal. It, it mm. was just like, it was like chocolate cream of wheat. Ugh. <laughs> right? And you ate it with sugar and butter, and actually, I don't think it was too bad, but I grew up with it. That and right. Mapo, the two, the two things together is just like, ugh, yuck. <laughs> you know, Although I mean. I do like. I go I into like my mother's stuff. house and she's still playing big band music. I, I, <laughs> I think we her. I think we freeze somewhere <laughs> in our life. We just sort of freeze. Well, there's right? there's a theory that after I think it's age twenty five or, tw- or whatever music you liked at age twenty five basically becomes the music you like for the rest of your life. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I I have some pretty good supporting evidence that it's <laughs> at least partially accurate. Well, I, I don't know, but listening to Freebird still puts a tear in my eye. <laughs> Were you, yeah. Right? Because, you know, that was my, you know, that was Ronnie, man. Ronnie, he's dead. We didn't get to, it was the the song unsung. You know what I mean? Guy like that with that much talent to die in the prime of his songwriting career. I I was, we were, my wife and I were talking about music one night. We were just like, I was like, I really love CCR. And I've always loved CCR. And it's. And she said, "You know, they were only around. They were only around for like four years." I'm like, "Stop! No, they were around forever. Everyone knows." You know, it's like, she's like, "No, they really had a very short they career." They cranked out together. the hits in the four years. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. They had that many hits in like four years, and yeah, they did. They mm-hmm. were four year band. I could not believe it. Yeah. I just assumed they were they were around for like twenty years, and it's like, nope, four years. Go yeah. figure. That's your musical break for today on the podcast. <laughs> well, um, and but, I think a lot of that, had, you know, if CCR, I mean, they had good people in, but 
I think it was uh, what's his name, John Fogarty. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his voice. Well, that's that the was voice. that was the creative and. I think he was. If it wasn't for because they like they've they've been in battles ever Dude, since they broke every, up. Every time you watch any Vietnam documentary, do you not hear "Fortunate Son" right, in your head? Exactly. Like every time, I don't care who you are. If you right. know the song "Fortunate Son" and you see a helicopter landing on grass, that song is playing in your head. And if it's not, there's probably something wrong with you. But yeah, that's it's they become synonymous. So yeah. it's like it just I assumed they were everywhere for a really long time. It turns but out they you were sounded like you were going to head in a different direction so i don't <laughs> i head in a lot of different directions i'm very unpredictable <laughs> that's all right contrary contrary to my boring nature i'm actually a pretty unpredictable kind of guy but i'm not going to be unpredictable now because i'm going to be very predictable and we're going to talk for a minute about our video of the week because yes, let's do it our video of the week this week was unusually long for a video of the week and yeah I, it, it, <laughs> I, it, I don't know i felt like it was long for them too but maybe not it was. So yeah. it's really funny because as soon as I was done with it, I actually went to their comment section on the video and I told them this was a really long video and it went really fast and it was really good. And I right. actually said that, yeah, it was wrong, long for us and we were concerned about the length of it um, because it's longer than what we normally do, but it was worth it. So, um, oh, damn. Maker's Workshop? Is yep. that the, oh, Maker's my God. Blanked on the name, and I'm trying to talk to try to get it back, and it wasn't coming. Yeah, I'm no, like, I'm Maker's running out of words. Okay, they did a video called "Building the Ultimate Nightstands with Wireless Charging, USB Ports, and a Glowing Resin River." I mean, literally, every, this is the most SEO optimized exactly, build exactly. in the history of builds. Yeah. I, if you don't watch this, these guys' channel, by the way, you're you're failing at your making duties. They really are one of the best making channels. They make amazing stuff. They do incredible epoxy work. Yeah, <laughs> and. They are, I mean, they are just, they're the quintessential of what you, what you think of and hope for from the making community. They are all in, they have a, an amazing, actually, they are really close to me. I met them at WorkbenchCon. Mm -hmm. I had not, I did not know about them. I love that you had to go to Atlanta to meet somebody that's probably about 20 minutes from your house. Yeah, it's 20 (laughs) to 30 minutes from me. They have an amazing maker space with all the tools and toys that I want to use. And I was so excited to come back and and meet up with them and and use the makerspace and stuff like that and then this whole thing happened but they are super nice people super good people they are one of the you know there's a lot of people that out there that did it but they were also one of the people that uh makers that had the equipment and made a ton of face masks and they started it i mean yeah, for, i think they for might all have. Intents and purposes, I mean, they, they, they were like started the making masks yeah they're definitely the first people i saw making yeah. them but they and they so they made tons of face masks and sent them off to you know hospitals and stuff like that. So they're good people. But back to the video. That video yeah, the, was phenomenal. the video was amazing. Yeah. Like the whole process, start to finish, of making these tables, doing the doing the inlay. I love my, my favorite part of the video. It's kind of mean, but my favorite part of the video is when she's pouring the resin and she's not really watching where it's going, and she just keeps pouring more and more in, and then eventually, was it Mike is his name? Yeah. He, come, he comes by and he's like, oh my god, and she went, oh! Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, there's just resin everywhere. I was like, oh, didn't tape that up very well. You know, my favorite part of the video is when he came back with like, I think it was like four heavy-duty clamps. Mm-hmm. And and you can hear her in the background like, why'd you get more clamps? And I don't know if that's their mother-in-law, or his mother-in-law, or mother, or someone. But 
he was explaining, he's like, they just they just fell into the car, and I, they were so heavy, I didn't want to put them back. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's like such a great comment. So. It is the running joke with, with makers. Like, we just have way too many yeah. clamps. And I actually have a rolling cart downstairs mm-hmm. that tells you, yes, we all have way too many yeah, clamps. But, but that was funny. This video, is, this video is really just, as far as videos go, um, I just enjoyed it so much. And it was, I, I, I'm going to just tell you up front. I'm probably never going to build anything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love, and I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make a confession here. I love this video to death. Um, but we've limited our things of the week to one thing. The contender for, the other contender in my mind for video of the week, we couldn't make it simply because this guy actually got video of the week last week. And it would have looked really bad if we made him video of the week two weeks in yeah. a row. But it was Mike, yeah. uh, Mike from Modustrial Maker. He made the most amazing bench you've ever seen. And it, th- these are the kind of builds that I just love watching lately because they're just over the top, absolutely insane. And they... They're amazing. It, it, uh, yeah, that I 100 agree. And again, we uh, we gush on on Mike a lot, but uh, again, but it's it's warranted. I mean, I thought it's that warranted. Was, it's it was a fantastic build. So here and and I'll all right. So now I guess we have two videos a week because we're talking about. No, but, we have we have one. We have to stick to. Oh the yeah, rules we have one. But I mean, but we're talking but, about two. But um, we are talking about two. <laughs> but no, it, here's what I like about the video again is I love the end result. You know mm-hmm. the the. Um, waterfall effect on the on each side the fact that he used wood epoxy and concrete in such a seamless integration it's just unbelievable (laughs) and the the amount of technique that goes into incorporating those three mediums Mm -hmm. is just amazing and that's what he does really really well he 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 knows what he's doing and he's uh problem solved so many times that he does it right and it and that end result is shows shows for itself so yep yeah he is um so yeah our video of the week is building the ultimate nightstands absolutely video of the week no doubt about it 100 percent. but i i just wanted to point out that yeah. mike's video was so good that it was like the and and really well, they're one of the, the main reason it we could we couldn't we just couldn't make you video of the week two weeks in a row sorry <laughs> well, no and and again i think but i actually thought when we were talking about their video Mm-hmm. It, I was thinking about him, and I think there's a lot of overlap between. The a, two. That's why I thought of it, right? Yeah, that's exactly, exactly the same reason. Because I could, I could see, I could see Mike building those nightstands. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's not really his bag. Like he wouldn't necessarily, no. but I could see them. Like I could see the style, and that's by the way to um, the folks from Makers Workshop. That's a compliment. I'm not a trying huge to compliment. Compare. And but and and yeah it's it's just both videos too give you so many like little tips and tricks on even when they things go wrong and And that's that's what i like and that's great that's what's great about this video even though it's almost 30 minutes long there's a lot of meat it's not a lot of filler there's a lot there and if you're if you're really looking to take nightstands to the next level (laughs) i mean it's it is a really it's a really great video so we're gonna obviously have that link in the show notes today guys Really well done. And in fact, um, you know, if after you're listening to this, because I have a feeling they're going to listen to this, you know, you guys want to come on the podcast, you know. Uh, oh, that'd know be guy, great. I know a guy. We'd love to talk to both of you because you're pretty cool people. And um, I can't wait to come to your makerspace because you guys have some toys. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to, hey, if you guys want to invite, I'll drive from New York. If you guys want to have us out there and we'll do an episode of Because We Make in your makerspace. Boom. I would totally be down with that. You know, if you want to do that. I'm not, I'm yeah, not inviting I mean, myself. That would be rude. <laughs> um, 
Normally, when we do our things of the week, um, we let our guests go first. So, Lee, what is your thing of the week? Uh, Oots cheese balls. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If, if it you might don't be have, my favorite thing of the week ever. It, it, I think that nice. really does win. That is that is the most unconventional thing of the week since um, transcendental med- meditation. I think that um, yep, you can get them actually, at uh, Target online right now for six dollars and forty nine cents. Get multiples because I you will sit there with the barrel in your in your lap and kill the barrel. You just will, and they're they're amazing. They're well, I, I found that if I pour them into a bowl and then close the damn barrel, that I don't <laughs> go through quite so many. Do you know what I had to do? So I'm going to tell a fun story. When I used to live with my parents, I used to get a barrel for myself, but I used to put it all. I was in I was in the first floor of the house. I used to put the barrel all the way up in the third floor of the house so that it was a schlep to go get it. This way I wouldn't just sit there and devour the barrel of them. So I had to actually travel the house to get myself some cheese balls. So, But if, if you've never had the uh, oots or uts or however it's pronounced cheese ball, it's gluten-free and they taste <laughs> great. They are wonderful. They're, and actually, they, they're cage-free too. So. They're what? Cage-free. Cage free. <laughs> they are cage free. <laughs> and what's great is they make your fingers the most perfect orange color they'll ever be. <laughs> and it no, doesn't we, come off for days. And we were talking about this uh, before we got started recording. And uh, the planters have and, cheese balls. And, and I didn't even know that Donald Trump liked cheese balls. <laughs> <laughs> God. But but the planter but the planters are I can't like, help it. They're always talking about how the poor man is orange. I mean oh. <laughs> But planters are not anywhere close to the no, 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 hundred percent no, 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 agree no, no, with you. They're it's no. a totally different thing. Uts are the superior cheese yes. ball. I would I think that we So can th- all... that would be if I had a thing of the week. Like I said, I live out in the sticks. I don't get a lot of things. <laughs> Uts che- if you have Uts cheese balls, you don't need a lot of things. Yeah. You got what well, you need. I, I, ju- I just finished off the barrel, so I need to order a new one. I, I wish there was a way to get you some Snapple, Lee. I really do got to get you some Snapple. Well, they sell it I'm... here. Oh, okay. So you got to get you got to try the lemon tea. Yeah, I, then, I've just never I've just never purchased but, it. But now here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is very important as a Snapple connoisseur, and Ethan will tell you. I, I literally have Snapple multiple times a day, every day. Yep. Um, you cannot buy the one in the big plastic bottle. Oh, no. It tastes like crap. You have to buy the small glass bottles. Yeah, the glass bottles are. They don't taste. It literally doesn't. Ta- I'm telling you, it's not just a psychological thing. I had to stop buying the big glass ones because they just it doesn't taste as good out, well, of, the, out of the big plastic ones. It just doesn't that, taste as good. That's true. I mean, if you are a beer drinker, then you know that canned beer does taste different than bottled beer. I right. I used to be, and that is that is true. Yes. In fact, yeah. um, wasn't it? Co- in fact, wasn't Any it Coors that was lining right. their cans with a layer of glass so that you could uh, get the experience <laughs> of a bottle, but in the I don't know, but it, for me, it, you know, uh, the bottled beer tastes better than canned beer. Canned yeah. beer yeah, I, has that a, I agree with has a taste to it. Yep. yep. And some people like that taste. I don't. I don't. I prefer. I prefer. A bo- well, I used to prefer a bottle back. Well, I think after years. about three bottles, it don't matter anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it only matters on your first and second. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. You know. I mean, after a couple three bottles, it doesn't matter. Mister Carter. Oh, my thing of the week, sir. Well, it's funny uh, because (laughs) as we were getting started before we hit record, we were talking about things of the week, and the um, uh, cheese ball container actually came up as a perfect container for doing 
my thing of the week. So anyone that's listening to this um, on Wednesday probably saw my post on Monday. And if not, I I may or may not have another similar related post on Wednesday. Um, But my thing of the week is hydro dipping. So Vincent, you know that I did it lots of months ago. Mm -hmm. I did a little like leather uh, uh, guitar pick keychain and I hydro dipped it, but I didn't really have the right paint or whatever. So um, I I, I saw, uh, again, Mike uh, doing some hydro dipping lately. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. And I think I talked about it last week on the, uh, on the podcast. I was like, I want to do it the right way. So I got some, um, legitimate, uh, easy marbling paint from uh, off of Amazon. And, uh, I hydro dipped a leather wallet that I made. So I, I made a leather wallet, uh, from actually from, uh, Trevor's, uh, maker experiment. He has a awesome, uh, awesome template. Uh, I think he's putting it on his podcast, uh, on his website. Cool. Um, but it's a super easy kind of th- a thin card wallet. Um, so I used that template, made a wallet, and then hydro dipped it in paint. And it was it was so much fun. I can't tell you how much fun it is to hydro dip things. It's like the kind color, of... The color you got is stunning. I couldn't believe how bold the colors the bo- were on the, the leather. Co- well, and that's, a, and that's the difference with the paint, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, that, like, that was a big thing, is using the right kind of paint that will that does that made a huge difference and it's it's so addicting it, it really really is it's i'm like i just want to hydro dip everything i'm looking at my dog and i'm like how can i hydro dip my dog you know um well, tell dave yeah. get it right because dave our our good friend dave swiduck um he gets deer sheds out in the woods and he wants to hydro dip them oh, so that's right that's yeah right. see i remember everything yeah. people tell me i'm a i'm a sponge for this kind yeah. of stuff so anyways yeah. It's a su- it, it, It's actually not that hard of a process. I mean, I'm still learning. There's things that you can do better and worse, but it's not that complicated um, if you have the right paint and the right setup. So, cool. Uh, very cool. Really fun. Um, yeah. So that's my hydro dipping. Good. Excellent. Um, my thing of the week. So I have to take you all the way back to last week. Last Monday, a very heavy, very large package arrived at the Ferrari estate. <laughs> yes. And that very heavy, very large package was my Shapeoko double XL. Um, and if you don't know what a Shapeoko is, it is a CNC. And for those of you that know my history with Inventables, you're probably thinking, "Are you out of your damn mind? You bought a CNC. You're damn right, I bought a CNC." But the nice thing about the Shapeoko is compared to the X Carve is the Shapeoko comes, I would say, two thirds assembled. Like it, 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 there's very little assembly. All the fiddly, annoying stuff that Inventable ships in little cocaine bags <laughs> comes together on the Shape Oko. So, like, you get plates with the V-wheels on it. You get plates with the stepper motors are attached. Everything's attached. Everything comes ready for you to basically do the last third of the assembly and test it. So, over the course of two mornings before work, so about four hours total of work, I put together this thing, and I did my test print, and it is a print because you strap a Sharpie to this thing. Um, I did it, and it came out perfect. And I couldn't believe it because I had actually finished a kit of some kind. And like I said, for those of you that know my history with the X-Carve, you know that finishing kits is not my strong suit. But I finished this, and then the next morning I was playing around with it, and I did two experimental cuts, and... This weekend, I played with it a little more and did, a, did another cut. I did a welcome sign. Which is and awesome. And it is really, really fun. And I ordered 
So I ordered, and what came tonight was I ordered. Well, I ordered the Z probe. Yep, and I ordered um, a set of end mills. So all different kinds of end mills. So now what, I have everything. What are the end mills? I don't know what those. So okay, imagine. Um, so with a drill bit, the drill bits drill bits have a point, right? right. And they they're meant to pierce wood. Well, these. For the most part, and I know people listening to this are probably cringing right now, but this is the most <laughs> basic explanation. An end mill isn't designed to make a hole. It's designed to push down and then move to clear material. So the end of an end mill is completely flat, most of them. I'm, again, I'm really generalizing, but it's just to make, it, make the differentiation between a drill bit and an end mill. And you basically, it goes down onto the wood, and it drags left and right, and it clears the wood around it. And that's how an end mill works. Um, some of them have a, a V tip on them, so that you use that for like engraving signs and stuff. Some of them have a ball tip on them, and mm. those are for doing like smoothed edges um, for transitions between vertical and horizontal surfaces. And then there's different kinds. There's an upcut, there's a downcut, there's um, a compression. There's a lot of different, and it depends on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve, the kind of wood you're working with. And believe me, as complicated as this sounds, it is that complicated. And <laughs> this is the thing I'm learning now. I'm like trying to learn like what all these mills and bi- what all these end mills and it it's it's complicated, but it's not impossible to learn. It kind of once you kind of have the the formula in your head, it does start to make more sense. It's just like 3D printing and laser cutting. Once you learn it, it starts making sense. So yeah, I got all that, and I have a very big project, that, that white whale cutting board that I've been trying to finish right. for a while. Well, now I can finally engrave it once I get these uh, bits figured out that I just got today. So, Shape Oko XXL, because honestly, I, w- I was looking at a much, 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 much more expensive CNC. I was looking at a $5,000 CNC. And when I realized that the Shape Oko was just as good, it just required a little bit of time putting right. it together, I was like, this is as rigid, and it is, um, half the price and a bigger bed. I'm like, I can put the effort into this and get this working. And again, I don't mean this in any disrespect at all, but I like you had that thing up so fast. Like I did. I I couldn't believe how fast I, I know. had it work. I was, I was amazed, and I I mean that's awesome. day one. I started putting it. I had it. I probably had it about half together, an hour of actual work in because a lot of what's. <laughs> A lot of what the time on the first day of putting it together was, was unpacking everything right. and finding everything and sorting everything. <laughs> right. By the way, I did sort everything before I did Good job. anything. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I will say the other thing that they did better than Inventables is they put an actual manual, an yeah. assembly manual. You don't have to go with a laptop and watch a screen and watch videos. I, I remember I remember uh, Ed Ford, the owner, talking about that, making that exact, like, this is what we need to do. So Yeah. So that's it's awesome. clear. It's clear that when when Carbide made the Shape Oko, they made a machine that was designed to be, as far as your, the end user experience was designed to be better than the X Carve. It's literally designed to be better. It's it's obvious. Well, that I it think was what it, I mean, he made he started making the it in his basement as a hobbyist. So right. Well, he watched. He did work for Inventables, right? And that's how I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. But like, yeah. He, I mean, he made his first one. On his own, like in the basement, I think. The, X, so. the X-Carve is a great machine. I'm not saying no, it's No, it not. is. It is. But just, if, you're, if you're yeah. like me and, you know, and we always talk about, we talk about this a lot on this show where I'm more of a, I need to make product with this. I'm not just right. putting it together as a hobbyist and I'm going to sit there and tinker with it. For me, a machine like this is much more practical, much more functional. So I would, I would highly, 
highly recommend you check it out. They give you everything, including the tools to put the damn thing together. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. So, That's awesome. Shape I'm so, I'm double so excited to see what you do with it, man. Oh, dude, you have no idea. I, In fact, I just ordered the supplies for the first project I'm going to build with it. And what's really, really funny is, and you'll hear about it in a couple of weeks, because we have the person I had the parallel thinking with. Um, I had a major case of parallel thinking. And when he released his video, I got really, really upset. Not because he did it but because like oh now when i do it people are gonna think i'm copying him (laughs) and that sucks but his video was very cool we'll talk about it when he's on um my video is gonna be pretty damn cool too so there it's gonna be my first cnc video so (laughs) it should be pretty good and that is gonna do it for us this week lee thank you so much for joining us so much lee sure it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you it's so cool to like to like actually talk to you and not just talk to your videos as you're building (laughs) right no i get it um where can people find you are you only is it only youtube is that where you're that's it all right i I Um, can't live life in 256 characters it just (laughs) right it just doesn't it doesn't work for me um totally get it yeah, no, it's I'm I'm very I'm very glad I'm very glad that people are starting to and pull back on it. Ironically, I'm one of the people in the world who uses Facebook as a method of maintaining connections with people that I actually know and interact with. <laughs> Ooh, I have 40, yeah. 40 Facebook friends and uh, But you actually know those 40 people. <laughs> yeah, I'm either related to them or I know them, right? That's good. I mean, there's You're doing people, it the right way. Yeah, people collect Facebook friends like you know coins like pokemon <laughs> like pokemon yeah. gotta collect them all it's a jar of pennies in the corner i mean <laughs> <laughs> so we will have we'll have your um your link in the show notes at the end and um there's a certain sign off that you like to do because yes. there's a rumor there's a rumor that you are in fact somebody you are not and we all know you're not but if you do this line, everyone's going to think you are. So we're going to let you close out the show tonight. Say when. Go for it. This is Time Rider, and I'll leave the light on for you.